Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Actually, this collection of talks that we're stepping into today comes from our Easter survey that we do every year. So every Easter Sunday, we give you a little survey, and one of the things that we ask is, ask is, what would you like to hear? What would help you? What kind of collection of talks would you like us to organize and prepare and plan that would help you? And this was the top one that came through, so we figured, why not, with back to school and getting back into a healthy rhythm of the fall season coming out of summer, we are entering a collection of talks, if you want to get your notes out right now, called Deep Dive. How do I go deeper in my faith? You'll see that question on the screen along with the title slide. Deep Dive. How do I go deeper in our faith? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question, but I believe at some point when we follow Jesus and we have a faith journey, We will want to know, how do we go farther? How do we go deeper? How do we keep learning more about God and seeing him move in and through our life? We say it this way at Local City, we have life from God that's to us, but how do do we go deeper so that life moves through us to others around us? Well, every single week, each collection of talks will build on the previous week. So here's what I would say. We're getting back into the fall season. We're getting back into the fall rhythms. I believe one of the best commitments and gifts you can give yourself and give your family is to make sure that what we do on Sundays is a priority. That it's not, it's not a if we, get, if we go to church, it's a we're going unless something emergency happens, right? And I would encourage you over these next few weeks to be in the house. I would say, give me 10 minutes more of your Sunday. Come five minutes early, grab a seat, get ready for worship. Stay five minutes after, connect with someone because church is so much more than stepping in and stepping out. There's a deep dive that you get to jump into about the God who loves you, the Jesus Christ who saved you, and the church that can encourage you and lift you up. So today, the title of our conversation is called Seek and find. Seek and find. And as you heard me say before, we're going to build from this verse in Jeremiah 29, 13. It's a promise from God through the prophet Jeremiah that says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Before I pray and jump into the heart of the message, I, I have to be honest, having kids has rejuvenated a celebration or a joy for a game I used to love when I was a child, and that is the game of hide and seek. Anybody love a good game of hide and seek out there? All right, still, you can play it to this day. We'll play after it's party Sunday. I'll play with you out in the yard right afterwards. All right, it's good. I'm really good at it, okay? But what I love is my now five-year-old shepherd who starts kindergarten on Thursday, he loves hide and seek. And what I love about hide and seek is I'm really good at it and he's really bad at it. And I just, I, I'm competitive, okay? So I like, I'm soaking it up now because eventually I'm gonna get older. He's gonna be faster than me and smarter than me and then I'll, I'll lose in all the competitions. But right now I'm soaking it up, okay? I'm pretty good against a five-year-old in hide and seek. I'm undefeated. Uh, but what's funny about hide and seek is when I go hide, it takes him forever to find me because I, I know what I'm doing, right? Like I know where to hide. I know where he's gonna look past, where he's not gonna check twice right? And he just kind of kind of walked through with a smile on his face. And I'm really good at being quiet as an adult in the hiding place. 
Now, when I go to seek shepherd, he's really bad at it because it's not that he's bad at finding a place to hide. What he's really bad at is when I come into the room, like say he's hiding under his comforter or something, he's really bad at staying quiet, right? Like you walk, I walk into the room and I'm like, is shepherd in here? And I hear a little like underneath, right? And then I hear, I see him like he's getting restless. So I see the, the lump underneath the comforter kind of start to roll around. And then I kind of play a joke on him where I'm like, I guess he's not in here. And I'll stomp, like kind of do this on the way out. And then he'll like peek up and he's like, wait, you're still in here. I'm like, ha, ah, gotcha. Gotcha, shepherd. Now your turn and you're never gonna find me now, right? Now, what I love about this though, is in life, especially in our faith, we're either hiding, stay with me here, or we're seeking. You're either one of those two things. And maybe what's brought you into this room today is for a while you've been hiding. You've been hiding from God. You've been hiding from people. You've been hiding how you feel on the inside or maybe how difficult things are right now. You're hiding some difficult situations you're walking through that no one knows about. You're hiding from past offenses or obstacles that you face in church or between you and God. And my, my hope to you today is that you would have a posture of that. I, I just want you to know God's in this room. And just as he did at the beginning of creation, when Adam and Eve messed up, he says, hey, where are you? And I wanna help you today not have a fearful response to that question. Because what I believe the enemy would love for you to do today to keep you from taking a deep dive into your faith and seeking and finding God is that when you, when you hear God say, hey, where are you? The enemy would convince you that you gotta be quiet, stay still, because you don't want your father to find you. Because you're afraid of what he may say, what he may do. But my hope is that you would be like my little five-year-old, that today as your heavenly father is saying, where are you? You'd be like, I'm right here, I'm right here. And I actually want you to find me. I want you to find me. And I want to continue to seek you because I know that when I seek you, I will find you. Before I pray, here's what I want you to fill in the blank with this morning, kind of the statement that's gonna guide everything that we're having a conversation about is that a deep dive life is lived with God and for God. Two very important understandings, two very important distinctions as we talk today, that you can live your life with God. What an amazing thing to know, that God is not at a distance. He is here with us today because of what Jesus did. We can pray to him and call on him and know that he's there. But then not only is it with God, I move for God. We love the verse, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. But there's also a response of that we need to be for God in our life. So do you do me a favor? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's step into this today. Father, we're so thankful for your word. So thankful that you wanna to speak to us today. And God, I pray that we truly would not hide over these next 20 minutes as we have conversation together. That we would not hide, but we would open ourselves up so that you can find us. And that we would make that decision to take a deep dive again and seek your face and seek the person of your son, Jesus. God, I pray that you would be with us in this room as we listen and lean in. God, I pray you would be with all of our kids for Move Up Sunday as they graduate and move into a new grade. As we have fun after church, I pray that our kids would realize how awesome Jesus is. And God, I pray you'd be with our teachers there. And God, most importantly, I pray for every single one of us in this room that the Holy Spirit would move in our hearts today to take one step in a deeper dive in our faith towards Jesus, in Jesus' name, we all say. Come on, give me a good amen, Local City. Let's get excited today and keep those shouts and claps going. For everybody watching for Local City Church Online, come on, let them hear you today. So glad that you're with us. If you're watching online right now or maybe you're watching on demand through the week, number one, you're a part of our family.
But if it's just convenience that keep, that's keeping you home, come on, hang, with, hang out with us next week as we have week two of Deep Dive. How do we go deeper? Well, I'm going to open up uh, my Bible really quick to share with you a story. And if you've been in church anytime, you've heard this story before. But honestly, it is one of my favorite stories of an interaction with someone that has an interaction with Jesus that I believe we can see so much truth and practical steps on how we can take a deep dive in our faith. So go with me, if you will, to Luke 19, 1 through 4. If you brought a real Bible, let's go. Come on, somebody. If you have it on your phone, that's great too, but I just love the real pages. But in Luke 19, starting verse, in verse 1, here's what we see. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short, I feel that, to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, I love this story. I remember in Sunday school, singing the old Zacchaeus song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. I never know the next part. You'll have to talk to my wife about that because she's good with lyrics. I'm not, but I know that part. She always gets mad at me because I'll get a song stuck in my head and I'll only remember like one line and I'll just sing that line over and over again because it's all I know. And she's like, please just go look up the lyrics or something so that you can keep going. I'm like, I just like singing that one line over and over again. All right, little invite into you, into our marital excitement and fun. Uh, but here's the thing. We see Zacchaeus. Actually, we come into the story where Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. It's important to kind of lean into these words in the story because if we just read through them, it just seems like any other experience. But let's start, number one, Jesus enters Jericho, a big, powerful, prosperous town. He makes his way through the town, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. Now, this next sentence is going to mean a lot to you when I explain it. He was the chief tax collector in the region. So, tax collectors, one thing that has not changed over 2,000 years is nobody likes the tax collector. Nobody likes April. No one likes that tax return time, especially when you owe. It's just crazy. We don't like it, right? But Zacchaeus wasn't just the tax collector, he was the chief tax collector, meaning he was like the worst of the worst. And what made it even more worse for him is that he was a Jewish person who had betrayed his people and began to work for the Roman Empire. And what he did was a thing called tax farming. Now, I don't know if this happens today because, you know, we're more a righteous culture. Actually, I doubt that. But what happened in tax farming was Zacchaeus would tell somebody, hey, here's how much you owe to the Roman Empire. But what he was really saying was, you actually owe a little less, but I'm going to add my cut on top. And he would farm more money than he needed. He would steal from his people to pad his pockets. I love how it says he was the chief tax collector and he had become very rich. So first off, we see that he's in a position of importance and authority, but he's not using that position and authority right. He's using it for his own gain to fill, him, fill himself and fill his own pride and greed. But here, I love the next sentence, right? Sometimes the Bible will give you a good compliment. Yeah, he was the chief tax collector. He was very rich, but then it'll put you like right back in your place. But he was also very short, and you would, look at, you would look in Scripture and realize that maybe the reason Zacchaeus was so like, I'm going to take from you, is because we could put ourselves in his story and realize maybe he had been looked down on not just literally, but figuratively as well. Because at that time, if you were, depending on how short he was, or if you were different, you were seen as, okay, well, God loves you less because he created you this way. 
or because he has designed you this way. And, and maybe throughout that, Zacchaeus let bitterness and hurt spur up in his heart, and it totally brought him to this place where he says, well, you have made my life miserable, so I'm going to make your life miserable. Isn't it interesting how we can totally destroy our life because of what someone says about us or thinks about us? And we can totally miss who we actually are supposed to be and who we were created to be. But what's interesting about Zacchaeus is he had heard about, I mean, we're, we're 19 chapters into the book of Luke, so Jesus has been doing some stuff, performing miracles, teaching about the love of God, and I guess this message had reached Jericho and had reached the ears of Zacchaeus. And so he says, well, if this Jesus guy is who he says he is, I want to take a look. I want to see him. I want to just see for myself who Jesus is. I believe one of the biggest decisions you can make in your life is not to attempt to see Jesus through the church or through a pastor, but to climb up on a tree and see for yourself who he is. My prayer today is that you would not hear my voice, but you would hear what I'm saying. You would listen and lean in and just see Jesus today, and just know that he is walking through this room today looking for those who are willing to seek and find him and maybe take a step out of their comfort zone. Maybe take a step out of the fact that, okay, I can't see him, but I'm going to climb this tree. Now, that was not a position or a posture of dignity for Zacchaeus to do. He climbed a tree. He was a wealthy guy. For them to see Zacchaeus, a wealthy guy dressed in his finest, to climb up a tree was like, that's Odd, why is he doing that? Because he wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. He wanted to see him, and at this point, he didn't care what he looked like. He only cared about doing whatever it took to get a look at Jesus, to see him. And what's interesting is you can see a few enemies of Zacchaeus here in those few sentences of what maybe we have given up in our pursuit of taking that deep dive in our faith because of these enemies that we'd allow to come into our life. Number one is the crowd. Jesus, I mean, it says Zacchaeus could not see Jesus because of the crowd. How many times have we allowed the crowd to block our view of Jesus? And I'm not just talking about the crowd that would be like physically we can't see through them. How many times have we let the crowd of our church experience of our past stop us from seeing Jesus? Can I, can I just be frank with you today? I love you, and I, and I believe in you, and I care for you, and I wanna serve you, and I wanna help you, but can I just give you three words? If the church has hurt you, Join the club, and let's get over it, and let's move forward, and let's try and see Jesus. Now, I know there's serious things about things like, we can give it up for that because I just believe it's true. Now, I know there's serious things we got to deal with, but how, how, how long are we going to sit in the crowd and just be like, these people hurt me? They, they've, they've turned their back. I, I get it, but I'm not telling you to look at the crowd. I'm telling you just to look above the crowd and look at Jesus, and let him draw you into some healing, draw you into some victory, draw you into who he created you to be, Right? Don't let the crowd stop you. What's the second thing? What's the second enemy here? Don't let the comfort stop you. I don't know if you ever climbed a tree. It's not comfortable. You could cut yourself, especially when you're an adult. This case is an adult at this time, and he's got a robe on. You ever climbed in a robe? That's not what, you don't see professional mountain climbers climbing in a robe, all right? Gets all tangled up. They don't climb in sandals, right? All these different things. It was probably uncomfortable to climb this tree to be able to see Jesus, but he did it anyway didn't care about his comfort. Can I encourage you, if you're waiting for a comfortable experience or a comfortable environment or a comfortable situation to finally see Jesus, you're going to be waiting a long time. Even if you're uncomfortable, climb the tree, get a look at Jesus. So that those first two things are conditions, right? The condition of the crowd, the condition of comfort. The third enemy I would say is that is a choice of complacency. 
See, Zacchaeus could have just said, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. I'm the chief tax collector, pretty rich, don't, don't need anything. I can buy whatever I want. I'm actually pretty good. And I would say that this is the one we have to be really fearful of when it comes to taking a deep dive in our faith. To simply choose, I'm good. I don't need any more of Jesus. I don't need to take a step further. And I would say that if, it were, if, it's not, if it's not the crowd, if it's not your comfort, we've actually made the specific personal choice to just say, you know what, I know about as much as I want to know about Jesus. And the reason you can't go any deeper is because you're just comfortable in the shallow end. I'm just comfortable floating here. It's great. But when you go deeper, you realize, man, I was made for something more. I was made to learn a little bit more about this and take some steps of faith. What I love, so what I'm going to give you is three concepts and three characteristics of someone who seeks and wants to take a deep dive. And the first thing is, is that seekers see. Very easy for you. Good alliteration. They're all going to be SS, so easy to remember for you. So when you talk to someone at work tomorrow, hey, what'd you talk about at church? Bro, I got it for you. SS three times in a row. Here's we go. First one is this. Seekers see. If you want to make the decision to see more of Jesus, you will naturally go deeper in your faith. You will naturally become to be learning more about him and growing in your understanding of who he is. If you want to get rid of the crowd and the comfort and the complacency and simply climb the tree and see Jesus, guess what? You'll go deeper. Because what is Jesus always doing? Hey, there's a little more. I got more for you. There's more steps of faith. There's more things you can trust me in. There's more healing and hope and power that I have for you. So come on, so come on. Yeah, we'll hang here for a little bit, but we gotta keep going. I just wanna keep seeing Jesus. I wanna keep following him. What I love about this story is that it doesn't come to all our effort. Look in verse five through six. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Yo, Zacchaeus, he said. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. I love everything about this verse. When Jesus came by, some other translations say, when Jesus reached the spot. Now, I don't know if, I don't think he had like his PR team in his ear saying, Jesus, okay, you're about five steps to the mark. You're almost there. Now, when you get to your mark, stop and look up. I don't think he needed that. Because I believe Jesus has a posture of attention to those who are doing whatever it takes to seek him, who are doing whatever it takes to see him. So what spot did he reach when he knew that the, the eyes of Zacchaeus were locked on him and Zacchaeus was in this moment saying, I just want to see Jesus for myself because for my whole life, people have told me I'm too small, I'm not good enough, but if I can just see Jesus, maybe I can be forgiven for what I've done. Maybe I can find new life. Maybe it can be a new day for me if I can just see Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus stops and sees Zacchaeus too and says, hey, I'm with you, man. I see you. And he calls him by his name. He doesn't say, hey, short guy, or what are you doing up there? Come on, get down from the tree. It's not recess. It's, I'm walking here. It's not what he does. Jesus says, hey, there you are. He doesn't even say, hey, here I am. He says, hey, there you are. I've been waiting for this moment to see you. What's he say? Get on down, Zacchaeus. I know you're, I know you, you know, you're, you're up there in that tree. You're, you're hurt and you're broken, but come on down from that hurt and brokenness. Come on down from that tree and I'm coming to your house. What? That's kind of crazy. That Jesus wants to go to his house. You've got to put yourself in the shoes of everybody else saying, hey, um, I'm sure Peter, because he loved to put his foot in his mouth all the time, was like, hey, Jesus, <laughs> I know it's pretty cool that that guy climbed the tree to see you, um, but that's Zacchaeus. 
He's the chief tax collector. He's awful. And if you go to his house, it's kind of letting everyone know here that like you want to have a relationship with him and identify him as, your, as his friend. I don't think that's going to be good. You know, Jesus is like, get away, Peter. I'm going to Zacchaeus' house. Now, in my mind, I'm like, whoa, I got two kids at home. I got to clean up if Jesus is coming over. I got to pick some things up. It's not going to look good, Jesus. But I, but I would say, I'm coming right now. I'm going to your house. Because Jesus doesn't care about you cleaning up and getting presentable for him. He just wants to be with you. He just wants you to see him and he wants to walk with you. And I love Zacchaeus' response, and this is my big thing about our church and about our following Jesus, that he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. It wasn't like, oh man, I gotta clean up the house. Oh man, I gotta clear the Netflix watch history. Oh man, I gotta do this, I gotta do No, come on Jesus, if you're coming to my house, I'm gonna receive you with excitement and joy. Can I tell you today that when you see Jesus, he doesn't want your response to be, wow, I'm the worst, I'm awful. His first reaction he wants to have with you is I can't wait to spend time with you. We're gonna have a party, we're gonna have some fun because I'm stepping into your life and you're gonna see how much I have for you, the deep dive of life that I have that you can step into simply because you chose to see me. May we be a church local city that never says, I've seen enough. No, I want to see more. I want to seek you more. I want to know the miracles and power that you have for me. Here's the thing, like we're going to, we take intentional time to do this. In just a couple of weeks, we are going to start what we call a, a, a focused time to see Jesus in our life and get rid of everything else, climb up the tree and get rid of everything else. We're going to take time to step into seven days of prayer and fasting. In January, we do 21. In the fall, we do seven. So this is the one you can step into before the 21 in January, all right? And we do seven focused days of prayer and fasting. I'm going to talk more about that next week, but I just want you to put this on your calendar and definitely be in church on the 20th because we're going to start the fast together, which means we're taking a fast from things, like we're getting rid of some of those unhealthy things, the crowd, the comforts, the complacencies, and we're just going to see Jesus for seven days. We're going to focus on him. We're going to trust him. We're going to do it together because there's power when we do this together. And even, we're not just going to start it on Sunday morning. We're going to start it Sunday evening as we come back here to Wilson Middle School on Sunday night, August 20th, and have what we call a heart and soul worship night where we come for one focus only, and that's to see Jesus. You'll be more excited about that next week. I know you will. But I would say put that on the calendar. Why? Because if you want to go deeper in your faith, you're going to have to make some new decisions. It's not going to happen passively. I want you to know Jesus and recognize him. This verse is what Zacchaeus was realizing from John 10:3. We're sheep, and Jesus says the sheep recognize his voice and what? Come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. Today, this morning, Jesus is saying, hey, insert your name here. Come on down. Whatever you're hiding in, come on down. I want to be with you. And this is what Jesus, so really what we see is that Zacchaeus kind of has, has this approach to Jesus, and maybe a lot of us stay here. He's got what I call the binoculars approach, where he's like, I just want, is that Jesus out there? I just want to see him. I just want to see him. And my fear is that so many of us just stay right here. You don't use binoculars to see something that's right here. And I would encourage you, come on down from the tree today, and let's get a close look at Jesus. Stop saying, this is the, I'm good here. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at a safe distance. All right? Jesus can't see too much of me, but I can see him. He's good. He looks, yeah, hey, Jesus, what's up? No, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. And we can begin to miss out on so much that Jesus has for us. My, my prayer today is that you would put down the binoculars of distance and you would do what number two is, is that seekers stay. They stay with Jesus. They stay with him. When it's good, when it's bad. When we agree, 
we disagree. When it's healing and hopeful, and sometimes when it hurts a little bit to get honest about where we're at so that God can, so that he can bring us out of it and into the full life that he has for us. I think for the, my biggest fear for a lot of people who follow Jesus and go to church is that they just don't stay in the same house very long. You'll go for a little while because it's new, but as soon as the pastor says something you don't agree with, you're out. As soon as they stop doing songs that you like, you're out. I got, let me, first off, let me tell you, I'm a capital C church guy. If local city is not your cup of tea, I wanna help you find what is because I know there is so much fulfillment. You cannot have a good relationship and a deep dive into your faith with Jesus without the church. I mean, that's just true. That's like you telling me, hey, Ryan, I wanna have a good relationship with you, but I don't wanna know your wife at all. We'll see you later. I have no desire to know you. This is what Jesus died for. And we gotta stay in it. And I was doing some studying about staying power and stability and, and monks take this specific vow. It's the first vow that they take and it's the vow of stability. And this means that a monk stays put. By making a vow of stability, the monk renounces the vanity of wandering off to find a perfect monastery. We're always trying to find the perfect situation and the perfect church or the perfect time to take a deep dive in our faith or finally say yes to Jesus or finally go to, you know, get connected here at local city and start serving or start giving. We're always waiting for that perfect situation. Would you just get, out, get that out of your mind and just say, you know what, I'm just gonna stay. I'm gonna have a staying power when it comes to seeking Jesus. Because what does it say in Hebrews 11:6? It's impossible to please God without faith. But anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely and diligently seek him. And I'm staying following Jesus. Because where else am I gonna go? I have kind of two symbols, so I have my binoculars first. And so what we've got to realize is that when we stay, See, Jesus was moving Zacchaeus from the treetop to the tabletop. Come sit at a table, let's talk. And he was giving Zacchaeus a chance to do this. Come see everything about me. Come see my posture towards you. Come get a close look at who I am. Come get a close look at the hands that are gonna take nails for you so you could be forgiven and set free. Come take a close look at the Son of God here made human so that you could have a real relationship with Him. Come take a closer look and let's stay here as long as we need to because I want you to see who I am face to face as a friend. Can I tell you today, Jesus invites you to not pull up the binoculars but not even be satisfied with this, but let's take a deep look at who Jesus is. deep understanding of the Son of God because when you do that you begin to see things you never could see on your own you begin to see things that could heal you and free you and set you into this place of a deep dive life that is with God and for God but I got to tell you once you do that here's what happens because also here's what I believed happened at that table with Zacchaeus Jesus said Zacchaeus you got to start looking in the mirror There's some things I got to work on in you there's some things that that we've got to deal with And I believe when you're at the tabletop moment with Jesus and he begins to show you some things where where we have messed up or we're living safe or we're living comfortable or we're living complacent, we're living unhealed and hurt and broken, Jesus begins to say, hey, here's what you gotta see about you. Here's what you gotta see about what you've done. And it probably, again, it was way quicker, it was way longer than the quick interaction at the tree. It took some time. And everybody comes to a moment They have the treetop moment with Jesus, and I believe maybe you've had the tabletop moment with Jesus, but at some point, you've gotta make this decision. Because Zacchaeus, as we're gonna see, 
could have slammed his hands on the table and said, you know what, that's too much, Jesus. You're getting too real. You're getting too in the weeds. You're telling me to do too much stuff. I'm done. There's the door. Or he could say, you know what, Jesus, I'm laying my hands out here on the table. And I want you to see all of me. I want you to take the magnifying glass to me and I want you to put that mirror up in front of me so that I can see who I am and what I've done so that I can have that deep life that is with you and for you. Whatever you need to do, I am yours. I am in your hands. Do that deep work inside of me. It may hurt. It may be take a lot of honesty on my part, but I'm willing to do it. My fear is at some point, God said something or Jesus invited you to do something and you slammed your hands on the table and you said, nope, not that. And, and we've refused to sit back down. Can I tell you today, you will never step into the deep dive and whole full life that Jesus has for you with this kind of posture. There's been moments in my life where I have to say, you know what, Jesus, this is hard and I don't really wanna do this or I don't want you to point that out in me, but here I am. Because what did Zacchaeus do? Seekers see, seekers stay. And the last one as we close is seekers stand end of that chapter, Luke chapter 19, it says that Zacchaeus stood up from the table and he stood before the Lord Jesus and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus never told Zacchaeus to do that, but what he did tell him was, hey, your life has to change from here. There's gotta be an evidence to people around you that you have been with Jesus. See, the secret to a deep dive life is not knowing more. Listen, we'll go deep in the Bible, I promise you. We'll talk about what it meant in the ancient context and the original languages and all that stuff. But you know what that doesn't do? It doesn't require you to do anything. See, going deep in your faith is not so much about knowing more. It's actually, once we've received that we could do nothing to receive it, it's receiving it, moving from the treetop to the table, and realizing how can I not live differently now because of the encounter and experience that I've had with Jesus. Right now, our son Shepherd, he has to wear floaties to swim. He really wants to learn how to swim so that he can jump in the deep end and, and go freely into the beach water by himself. I'm like, buddy, we'll learn it. We'll get it together. You know what he does is say, you know, you know, dad, I really want to, I really want to take these floaties off so I can learn more about the consistency of the water that I'm jumping into. I really want to take these floaties off so I can really understand the biology behind H2O. I really want to jump into this so I can begin to calculate the salt consistency of the beach water that I'm, no. Why does he want to do it? Because he wants to have more fun. He wants to enjoy it like he sees other people enjoying it. He wants people to jump into the deep end with no fear. See, going deeper is not about us learning these simple things that don't help anybody outside these walls. Going deeper is about saying, just like Zacchaeus did, my life is not my own. My life was bought with a price through the sacrifice of Jesus. So when I walk out those doors, if I can give, I'm going to give. If I can serve, I'm going to serve. If I can encourage or lead with kindness or pray for someone, I'm going to do that. We've been convinced that going deeper is about knowledge, but it's actually about action and serving and doing so that our faith does not die. You want to go deeper? Jump in the deep end and realize you get to swim and you get to move and you get to do some cool stuff.
but stood before the Lord and said, I've done this, God, but that's not me anymore, and I'm doing this now. I want to show you a picture of seekers stand, right? Here's a picture of the area that Jesus was walking by, and they don't believe this is the real sycamore tree because it'd be a 2,000-year-old tree, but that sycamore tree right there is in the same area. And here's what I want you to know is that in this story, we move from from seeing and we move to staying and then we move to standing. Can I encourage you? What we are in this story, what Zacchaeus became, is we just become the tree for the next person. Here I am. Climb on up. If you break some branches, that's okay. If you step on my face, that's okay. Climb on up because I know when you get above the crowd and above your comforts and above your complacencies and get a chance to see Jesus, it'll change your life because it changed mine. You wanna go deeper? Get your roots deep, but then stretch out your branches wide so that people can climb and see Jesus in and through you. So you can get out of the way and give people a chance through your invitation to church, through your prayers, through your kindness, that they can see and know Jesus. Seekers see, seekers stay, and seekers stand. All of us are in that spot somewhere, and my encouragement to you would be that you would take one step deeper today, whatever that looks like. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we pray? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.